It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. The Locked On NBA Fantasy Minute is presented by PrizePix. PrizePix is the most fun you can have playing daily fantasy basketball and winning up to 25 times your money. Go to prizepix.com slash LockedOnNBA and use the code LockedOnNBA for a first deposit match up to $100. We are very much in the thick of the fantasy basketball playoffs. You might be starting it this week. You might be already in it. It might be a week away. And at this point of the year, with only five weeks left in the entire regular season, Playing the schedule is the most important thing. So this week, the Minnesota Timberwolves and the Los Angeles Lakers play two games only. So any fringe players you have from those teams, even guys, yes, like Kyle Anderson replacing Kyle Anthony Towns, that's not worth it with two games on. You need to be stacking extra games and you need to be looking at the teams with four games. You need to be looking at teams with games early in the week and then switching them out for teams with more games later in the week. Get more games in, play the schedule, be cutthroat with injuries and get players in to get yourself success for fantasy basketball. Jackson Gatlin here, host of the Monday edition Locked On NBA podcast. Every Monday, I cover the three biggest stories in the NBA with the local experts from Locked On. It's an awesome recap of the weekend of the NBA and a look at what's ahead. Mark your calendars on Monday to join me for Locked On NBA podcast, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. What up, everybody? Welcome into Locked On Warriors. I'm your host, Charles T. Hamilton. The Dubs are looking to complete the sweep tonight against the Portland Trailblazers. A lot of questions going into this game, mostly about lineups uh, with injuries on the Dubs side and maybe some adjustments on the Trailblazers side. All that's coming up next here on Locked On Warriors on the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. You are Locked On Warriors, your daily Golden State Warriors podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What up, everybody? Welcome into Locked On Warriors. I'm your host, Charles T. Hamilton. If you are looking for Locked On Warriors or any of the great Podcast from the Locked On Podcast Network. You can find us on Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Spotify. Tell your smart device to play Locked On Warriors. Also, check out some of our national podcasts. We got Locked On NBA, which I have been on frequently covering the Warriors for them, uh, obviously, as I, you know, host Locked On Warriors. Hello. So be sure to check out everything the Locked On Podcast Network has to offer, whether it's NFL, MLB, NBA, college. We got you covered. The Dubs taking on the Portland Trailblazers. Game four. Dubs looking to complete the sweep tonight. And I think they do it. I do think they do it. But there's going to be some questions going into this game, especially after last game where Steve Kerr decides to start Damian Jones at the five. As we all know, DeMarcus Cousins is still out. Uh, Potential return in the finals is... Possible, definitely still possible. So we don't know. I mean, he's look, he's out. He's out for this game. So we're still trying to figure out who is going to start. I would venture it's not going to be Damian Jones after he had three fouls in three minutes. Um, which look, some people really kind of blew it out of proportion. 
uh, where like, oh, if they lost, it was Damian Jones' fault. Look, it was a bad three minutes, but I'm not going to blame a loss, a potential loss on a guy that played three freaking minutes. Uh, it didn't work out, though. So they went with uh, Looney, Bell, Bogut even got some run as well. I would expect Jordan Bell to get the start. Now, let me take a step back. When the Warriors decided to start Damian Jones, the Portland Trailblazers, Terry Stotts, he countered with Myers Leonard, who, look, Myers Leonard played well. He's a skilled big man. He's a skilled scorer. Uh, He has his defensive limitations, you know, is not a great rebounder, not a great defender, obviously, but he can uh, get you buckets. And Damian Jones was more suited for a matchup against Cantor, just to be big and physical. So I would expect Jordan Bell to get the start, honestly, um, just because he's been outside of Kevon Looney, he's been the next best center. Damian Jones, I don't know, man. It was a bad three minutes. I don't think you go back to it, at least not to start. If if you really want to match him up against Canner, you wait till Canner goes in. But I wouldn't be surprised if that's the last we've seen of Damian Jones in the playoffs. But you never know with Steve Kerr. So I would expect Jordan Bell to start, and he's better suited at defending Myers Leonard, better on the perimeter, etc. But at the same time, then does Terry Stotts counter with Cantor? You know, it's it's a chess match that really won't decide the game. <laughs> but we'll just have to wait and see how it goes. I would like I said, I'd expect Bell to get the start, and uh, and Myers Leonard probably continues to start for Portland because he played well. Because he played well, and then we'll see what happens with Cantor's minutes and who they match up with Cantor, etc. Jordan Bell and uh, Kavon Looney. We'll probably get around close to 40 of the center minutes in this game, uh, which makes sense. They both played really well, and, you know, Bogut might grab a few. I still, I don't know, Steve Kerr still might go to Damian Jones. We'll see. Uh, Look, it was either going to go one of two ways. It was either going to work or it was going to be, you know, 3,000 in three minutes, and it was the latter. Uh, We got an Andre Iguodala update. The MRI came back negative, which is still such a funny term to me when it comes to that actually being the positive result. Um, I'm just a simpleton, I guess. Every time I see it, my like split second reaction is, oh, no. And then, wait, no, negative is good. So he is not fine. He is questionable for tonight's game. And I don't know. I I, I, I go both ways on this one. Hello. Uh, because, yes, it might be smart to sit him and give him those extra days of rest, but does sitting him potentially, he wouldn't be the reason you would lose the game, but it lessens your chances to win. So is potentially playing a game five the minutes everyone else would have to play in a game five? versus the rest for Andre Guadalla specifically. It's just weighing your options, kind of. I don't know what the right call is, because I don't know exactly what, how bad the injury is. He is questionable, though. Wouldn't be surprised if Steve Kerr uh, plays it safe, has him sit. But if not, you know, there's a lot of options on the table. Do you start him, or do you try and match up his minutes 
at the most important times. You know, I, I, I don't know. There's a lot that would go into it, but all I know is that overall he's going to be fine and he is questionable for tonight's game. And whether you decide to play him or not, there's questions about whether you start him or not, etc. If they don't start him, if he uh, not just don't start him, if they don't play him, here's another thing I was thinking about because Steve Kerr, look, he went with Damian Jones to start. I think Alfonso McKinney would start in the place of Andre Godala. But here's my question. Do we get a Jacob Evans sighting at some point during the game if Iguodala doesn't play? Because here, the other thing is I, I'm not as down on their depth overall when the team is healthy. But bottom line, you're looking at you're down two starters. You're down the backup now. So your depth is just depleted anyways. So if you start McKinney, do we see a Jacob Evans cameo where, similar to what he did with Damian Jones, Let's see what he can do in a minute or two. And if it's a disaster, you sit him, and Alfonso McKinney plays 40 minutes. If it works, you're stealing. That's that's money in the bank. You're stealing, stealing minutes there. So just a thought, and especially the fact that, you know, he was willing to play Damian Jones. I don't know why he wouldn't be willing to, to give Jacob Evans a shot if Andre Guadalla doesn't play, which, again, is questionable. Uh, another thing I wanted to... Just point out, which is too bad, um, and I don't know if it'll be, if it'll change ever, but Damian Lee, the two-way player, um, if he was on the roster, he would be getting minutes, and especially now with Andre Guadalla being down or potentially missing the game, he would also, he would be getting more minutes. I just wonder if they'll open up the two-way player spot to allow them to be active, not that they would add more active players. So you get 13 active players per game in the NBA, including the playoffs. Would the NBA potentially allow two-way players to be active in the playoffs? If it, you know, if you decide that he's your two-way players uh, more suited for, for a certain game or whatever. I don't know if they will. I kind of doubt they would, but it's just a thought because it's just funny. Like I see Marcus Derrickson and Damian Lee at the games you know, sitting on the sidelines, but they just, they're they are obviously inactive because they're not allowed to play in these games because they're on a two-way contract. So I wonder if that's something that will change in the future. I, I don't know. Um, but it's just too bad because Damian Lee would be getting minutes, especially with the injury to Andre Guadal. We're going to take a quick break, come back. There's a few more matchups I want to talk about going into game four. And the Blazers, they they are like all of us. They can't just help but heat praise on Draymond Green. That's all coming up next here on Locked On Warriors on the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. The NBA playoffs are right around the corner, and Locked On NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late-season drama. Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league, helping to break down the NBA playoffs. Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up to date. Locked On NBA, available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What up, everybody? Welcome back to Locked On Warriors. I'm your host, Charles T. Hamilton. What's good? (laughs) 
Dubs taking on the Trailblazers in Game 4 tonight of the Western Conference Finals. Just been going over the potential starting lineup, certain matchups, things like that. And there's one more I want to get to because I thought what Terry Stotts did was pretty smart and interesting, but then he went away from it in the second half. So in the first half, yes, he started Myers Leonard, but he also mismatched Cantor's minutes with Steph Curry's minutes. So... Even though Myers Leonard isn't a great defender, neither is Zach Collins. He fouls a ton. I guess they're both better than or better suited at, you know, switching the pick and roll than Cantor is. So he would miss. He would put Cantor in as soon as Steph came out. And Cantor, you know, again, it wasn't a game changing performance or anything. I think he had, you know, a couple points and five rebounds in seven minutes, something like that. But it was during the time when, in in the second quarter, when the uh, Blazers went on a run. So, and then he went away from it in the in the second half, which was kind of weird because it worked out pretty well in the first half. But in the second half, it's not as if that would have changed things. But uh, if he continues to do so, I wonder, do you kind of let Quinn Cook run the pick and roll, play the, the, the part of Steph Curry? Because Quinn Cook, he he's capable, man. We saw it last night. What he did to Zach Collins, and then that the baseline jumper he hit, uh, you know, with Steph guarding him, or excuse me, Seth. Geez, I knew I was going to do that at least once. Uh, with Seth guarding him, and then you know, getting switched on to Myers Leonard, he's capable, and he needs he regardless of whether this mismatch happens, Quinn Cook needs to be more aggressive in that second unit, because as we saw in the fourth quarter, they went to Clay three straight possessions, uh, like exclusively, to the point where it's like, all right, if you're not going to let Quinn Cook get anything going. Why is he even out there? He's a scorer. He's a gunner. And so he needs to be getting shots up. And he, once he started doing that, he, you know, knocked down a couple shots. So it's not just a, oh, Steph has Ennis Cantor's number. A lot of people have Ennis Cantor's number. A lot of guards do. So if the mismatch happens, or even if it's just, you know, uh, it might not be the specific mismatch, but if it happens that Quinn Cook is on the floor at the same time as Cantor, I'd still go at him in the pick and roll. I'd still let Quinn Cook go and, and cook. Ha. Ha so to speak. But, you know, whether they do it or not, we'll see. But uh, regardless of who's on the floor, I want Quinn Cook to be more aggressive, especially in those lineups where the only scorers are him and Clay, really. So that's my piece on that. I mentioned before, and I think we all did, just about how great Draymond Green was last night, possibly his best game of his career. Uh, Maybe I'm just a prisoner of the moment, but, I mean, I really would put it up there with any other game he's had. The Trailblazers agreed. I mean, not so much on just the game, but his impact overall. And you really don't hear a lot of praise like this from the opposing team. I mean, maybe after the series is over. But last night, Myers Leonard just had some some high praise for Draymond. And not just his defensive ability, but what he does offensively for the Warriors. He said he's a playmaker on the other end as well. He knows who to get the ball to, when to get them the ball. If you watch him closely, when the ball is swung to him up top, he's amazing at trying to find Steph and Clay usually, and they're trying to run split action or pin down or something to get them the ball. Draymond is directing it normally. The last thing I'll say is he's a winner. Point blank, he gets it done. He brings it every single night. That's respect right there. Because not just to say it publicly, to say it publicly when you're still in the series and – I don't know why it's taken this, not this long, but 
maybe it's the fact KD's out right now or whatever it is. But Draymond's finally getting some of the respect he deserves. He's always gotten it. Well, I don't know about always uh, gotten it in the league because actually the anonymous survey that they did with the athletic that Sam Emick did with the athletic uh, had Draymond rated as the most overrated player in the game, which is ridiculous. And that's also why I don't like anonymous, uh, uh, you know, whatever polls or whatever it was. Um, nothing against Sam. He d- did an amazing job with the piece. But Draymond started getting his uh, his due, at least it seems publicly, about how damn good he is, how important he is. I saw someone tweet out, I forget who it was, but, you know, the, the Trailblazers are a 60-win team with a Draymond Green. Yeah, they are. I mean, the, the fact that they have someone... Uh, that they can dump it off to when Steph gets trapped and you're confident that he's going to make the right play in a four-on-three situation. I will say not having Nurkic hurts them in that situation. Uh, he's nowhere near the same facilitator IQ as Draymond, but he's better than who who else they have to do it uh, is Nurkic. Like Mo Harkless, Al Farouk Aminu, they're not going to do what Draymond Green does when uh, getting, getting the ball off a trap in a, in a four-on-three situation. Uh, but Draymond also, not just the stuff on the court. Like I said, uh, that was a great quote by Myers Leonard. And we also saw kind of the same thing from LeBron and Dwayne Wade and just a lot of people throughout the last however many games it's been. Uh, I think it was game six where, you know, never underestimate the heart of a champion. Draymond, Clay, Steph, Iguodala, those guys are champs. And not just because they have the hardware, but because of the way they play and the way they never back down, never give up. All that, you know, kind of cliche stuff, but when you see it right in front of you, but when you actually see it happen, it's not cliche. So I was saying Draymond, all the praise he's gotten is great, but one thing that he also does is he's a great leader. And you hear that and you're kind of, oh, why? Because he screams and yells and stuff like that. And no, I mean, that might be part of it that he brings the fire and tempo to the team. But the other part is what we saw last night or two nights ago, whenever it was, what we saw in game three when he consoled uh, Jordan Bell, I don't know. You know, I don't know if he needed consoling after missing a dunk, but when he, you know, kept his spirits up after missing a dunk, here's what Draymond had to say. Here's the audio because I won't do it justice without playing it. Uh, you do lose a little something without the visual, but you'll still get the gist of it. Here is the audio of Draymond Green after Jordan Bell missed the dunk. They foul C.J. McCollum on the other end. C.J. McCollum's going to the line, and here's the audio of Draymond Green and Jordan Bell. Uh, while C.J. McCollum's taking the free throws, it's uh, Draymond, you know, just telling him it's not a big deal. Move on. He missed the shot tonight. Did he? I did it. He did too. It's okay. Keep it moving. And then back on the bench, Draymond had more of the same message for Jordan Bell. It's okay. He missed the shot. All of us have. Nobody's perfect. So I thought this was cool. all cool to see, cool insight to when they talk about leadership because what we see visibly is him screaming and yelling and, you know, yelling at teammates at times and stuff like that, which sometimes that's how it has to be done. But also part of leadership is knowing what your teammates respond to. And Jordan Bell in that moment probably wouldn't respond to, you know, Draymond telling him that he tricked off two points and they could have cut it to six. And now CJ's at the line and it's a, you know, 10 point game, anything like that. He needed he needed the soft touch in this situation, and you saw it. Another thing that happened after Jordan Bell missed the dunk, he was over on the sidelines uh, during the timeout, and Mike Brown grabs him uh, as he's going back out onto the court, 
which, by the way, credit Steve Kerr for sticking with Jordan Bell in that situation uh, with the way he's been so quick to pull him throughout the entire year. You didn't know how it was going to go. But Mike Brown grabs him, and the history is Mike Brown's son played against Jordan Bell in high school a bunch. And Mike Brown said, don't worry about the missed dunk, man. You did it so many times in high school, like you got over it. And Jordan Bell laughs because that wasn't the case. You know, he he was messing with them. But just another insight to just how to handle certain things, I guess, and how the Warriors handle it. They're down 10, you know. They're down 10, and Draymond's trying to pick up the spirits of Jordan Bell, and Mike Brown's joking with him. It's just the the joy, I guess, that you hear Steve Kerr talk about so much. Going to take one more break, come back. There's one more thing with Draymond I want to get to. Maybe you've noticed, maybe you haven't, but he hasn't picked up a tee in, I think, eight, seven or eight games now since, I think, game one against Houston. And he credited a couple of different things for that. One of them is his son. That's coming up next here on Locked On Warriors on the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. The NBA playoffs are right around the corner, and Locked On NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late season drama. Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league, helping to break down the NBA playoffs. Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up to date. Locked On NBA, available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What up, everybody? Welcome back to Locked On Warriors. I'm your host, Charles T. Hamilton. About to wrap this thing up for the day, but there was one more piece of sound I wanted to get to, one more Draymond thing I wanted to get to because he's been amazing. He really has. And Game 3, I think, might have been the best game of his career. But one of the things that he has done that some people have noticed, some haven't, is the fact that he hasn't picked up another technical uh, in seven games, I believe, maybe eight games. I think it was game one in Houston. And there's a number of different reasons for it. He had a great quote, actually, about it, uh, that he was complaining more than he was actually playing. And he said it was probably disgusting to watch because it felt disgusting to him. And he's mentioned that his mom, his fiance, his grandma all had a piece in and kind of letting them know that you got to you got to you got to cut that out. But on top of it, he also credited his son uh, in yesterday's press availability as to why he cut it out a little bit. Here's what he had to say. Yeah. Him watching you? Yeah. He uh, st- like play his little. On his little hoop and then like stomp around. And I, just, <laughs> <laughs> it's like, I like the intensity. You slow down, you know. You know but it, you know, I just I realize, you know, like how impressionable uh, the, the kids are at the ages they're at, and um, I just really want to be a good example for them and show them the right thing. Like my son was playing, like he was shooting and flopping. I said, yeah, you got to stop watching the NBA. Shooting and falling on the floor like, oh, Dad, help me up. <laughs> what you flopping for? But, no, it's just, like, you know, really impressionable at this age, and I want to make sure I'm setting a good example for them as well. Has he flexed yet, Duncan, on the little hoop? Yeah, he, uh, <laughs> he shots and says, oh! <laughs> it's pretty funny. So it's pretty funny if you – have seen Draymond's son. It's it's wild with social media nowadays. It's like not like we know him or his son or anything, but we've seen him a bunch. He's you know cute. I think one year old maybe, and uh, uh, just 
imagining him taking shots and flopping is pretty hilarious. I mean, Draymond's put out the the Instagrams of him at the the facility with him late night and stuff like that. It's pretty adorable. And you also have noticed with Andrew Bogut, when he came back, you know, Steve Kerr was like, one of the biggest differences is he's a father now. And I think we're seeing that with Draymond as well, where, I look, I don't have kids, so I, I can't speak to it. But as far as the fact that, you know, it's changed a guy like Bogut, I'm sure it has, has helped change Draymond in certain ways. And he kind of mentioned that in what he said. Uh, thank you guys so much for listening. I'll be back with another episode, probably a game recap most likely. Probably a uh, series recap, honestly, because the dubs will most likely get the sweep tonight. But we will see. But again, thank you for listening to Locked On Warriors on the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team, every day. You can't climb a mountain if it's smooth, right? You got to go over the rough spots. (laughs) Peace. You are Locked On Warriors. Your daily podcast on the Golden State Warriors. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team, every day. Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.